Good morning. It's Tony here. It's good to be back with you, my friends. Although I am sure that you enjoyed and were blessed by the ministries of Derek and Ian over the last few weeks. And I do trust that unlike me, you and yours are all in fine fettle. But it's good to gather with you this morning. And again, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you've come from in the past week, you're welcome. You're welcome to be among us. And it is my sincere hope that each and all of us will go away the better for being together in the presence of our Heavenly Father. With that in mind, shall we come before him this morning in the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us for our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. And now, friends, Stephen is going to bring us our first reading. It comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and it's part of the prayer that he prays not just for new believers, but for all believers. So lean in, listen, and draw forth the blessing of the prayer that he has prayed for each and all of us. Shall we come before God in prayer as we begin our time together? Father, as we gather to worship together today, to give you thanks because you sought us and you found us. And we are blessed for in your presence we find mercy and grace for the sins we have committed. In your presence we find the heart and soul healing that the foolishness of our sinning has inflicted upon us. We confidently come in the name of Jesus, just as you have invited us. Come knowing that you, our shepherd, have been expecting us and prepared a place for us in your presence. And it is in this presence we open our hearts to receive what you desire to give us. You, O Lord, have bedded us down in green meadows, you, O Lord, bring us to refreshing pools to drink from. And in these moments together with you and with each other, we know that you are true to your word, that you will restore our souls, revive our spirits, renew our hearts, inspire our minds, and God willing, strengthen our bodies. This is what you desire. This is your kingdom. And our prayer is that your kingdom may come to us today and that your will may be done in and by us today and in the coming week. Hear our hearts prayer, Lord. Grow your kingdom within us, Father, within us and with all who live on the earth. All this we ask 
in the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our friends, as you may notice, the title of this morning's service is God's Seedy People. With that kind of title in mind, I'd ask you to attend to Stephen as he reads to us from the Gospel of Mark. Our readings this week are taken from the Good News Bible. And our first passage comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians at chapter 1, reading verses 13 to 20. Ephesians 1 at verse 13. And you also became God's people when you heard the true message, the good news that brought you salvation. You believed in Christ, and God put his stamp of ownership on you by giving you the Holy Spirit he had promised. The Spirit is the guarantee that we shall receive what God has promised his people, and this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. Let us praise his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks to God for you. I remember you in my prayers and ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you the Spirit who will make you wise and reveal God to you so that you will know him. I ask that your minds may be opened to see his light so that you will know what is the hope to which he has called you. How rich are the wonderful blessings he promises his people, and how very great is his power at work in us who believe. This power working in us is the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Christ from death and seated him at his right side in the heavenly world. Amen. Our second passage comes from the Gospel of Mark at chapter 4, reading verses 26 to 32. Mark 4 at verse 26. Jesus went on to say, The kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed in his field. He sleeps at night is up and about during the day, and all the while the seeds are sprouting and growing. Yet he does not know how it happens. The soil itself makes the plants grow and bear fruit. First, the tender stalk appears, then the ear, and finally the ear full of corn. When the corn is ripe, the man starts cutting it with his sickle, because harvest time has come. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? asked Jesus. What parable shall we use to explain it? It's like this. A man takes a mustard seed, the smallest seed in the world, and plants it in the ground. After a while, it grows up, and becomes the biggest of all plants, 
It puts out such large branches that the birds come and make their nests in its shade. Amen. Look at your life today. What is different about it compared to, say, 12 months ago or even two years ago? Now, I'm not asking you about circumstances or recent events like COVID. I'm asking you about you. In what ways have you changed? Have your values changed? Those things that shape your decision-making. Are your priorities different? Has your spirituality changed? How about your concerns for the world and other people? Are you loving in a new way? Has your image of yourself changed? If you haven't gotten on already this morning, I am going to be asking you more questions than I will give you answers. The truth is, Jesus does not offer any answers in the parable that was read to us this morning. In fact, parables as a rule don't offer answers. They simply offer us better questions. In other words, they give us work to do. The parables don't so much tell us what to see, but rather how to see. They offer us a different lens through which to see ourselves and others. And in this way, they give us glimpses into what the kingdom of God looks like in ordinary everyday life. It is this new way of seeing things differently, seeing people and circumstances and situations differently, seeing them, if you like, through the gospel lens or through the lens of the gospel that makes us effective agents of God's kingdom. The parable we heard read to us this morning from the Gospel of Mark was all about seeds. So let me ask you something. What new seeds have recently taken root in your heart and germinated in your character? And what does that new growth look and feel like? How did any of all that happen? When I look back at my life of late, I can see qualitative changes in my life. For example, my prayer life is very different to what it was a few years ago. The same is true of the way that I read the Bible. My passion for justice and peace has grown in ways that I can't always explain. And my guess is that for many of you listening, similar things have been going on in your lives. The truth is that the heart of everyone who believes in Jesus has been seeded with God's kingdom. And that's what Jesus is describing in the parable of the growing seed. He uses the image of a seed germinating to illustrate the dynamism of the gospel working its way out in our lives. Now, sometimes that growth can be very dramatic. But most of the time, if we're honest, we don't always see it. And as a result, perhaps don't believe or even trust that it is happening. But according to Jesus, it is there. You know, sometimes we can potter along not noticing it. And then one day, we feel, if you like, the first green shoot of spiritual change rising up in our hearts. Some days we can wake up and we are surprised 
but what has changed in us? Now we may wonder, how did that happen? Why did it happen? In this parable, Jesus is telling us that that dynamism has always been there, always working, day and night, sometimes dramatically, sometimes unseen, below the surface. In fact, that's what St. Paul also believed. And that is why he prayed that prayer for his young Christian friends. Remember that reading from Ephesians? He says, I ask that your minds may be opened to see his light so that you will know what is the hope to which he has called you. How rich are the wonderful blessings he promises his people and how very great is his power at work in us who believe. This power is working in us in the same way as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. That's what Paul is telling us. That power is at work in us. Now, the parable that Jesus told us is not about gardening or farming. Yes, Jesus used the images from gardening and farming to talk about how the gospel changes us and our lives. His parable is, if you like, a metaphor, therefore, of the way that God works in your life. And it's a parable of encouragement and hope. Our lives are like a garden that has been planted by the Holy Spirit with the seeds of God's kingdom. And those of you who are gardeners know how seeding works. It takes time. And a lot of the preparation and the growth happens underground out of sight, deep down in the soil. In the same way, Jesus says, God's work of sanctifying us, transforming us, changing us, goes on deep down, often unseen in the soil of our lives. Gardeners will also tell you that there is a lot of waiting when it comes to planting seeds. And then one day, just like Jesus describes it, Something sprouts and begins to grow. First the stalk, then the head, then the full grain of wheat. As Christians, friends, we are always a work in process. We are in the process of living into and not out of our completion. In other words, we Christians are not spiritually nor ethically, nor indeed morally perfect. Far from it. But rather, because of the seeding in our lives by the Holy Spirit, we are living into that perfection, living into that completion. And there is a flip side to this seeding process. For our lives are not only seeded with the kingdom of God, they are also filled with the seeds of the kingdom of God. Think about what Jesus said. It is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground. Now I wonder this morning, who are the someones in your life? Who scattered seeds on the grounds of your life? And what were those seeds? Who are the people that have loved and encouraged you in your faith life? Who are those who offered spiritual wisdom and guidance for your life? Who has spoken difficult truths 
to you truths that change the quality and the direction of your spiritual life. Who gave you hope? Who stood by you and helped you find yourself? In what ways did they offer you a place to put down roots, find stability and get your life in order? Who has awakened you and opened your eyes to see the world, to see others and to see yourself differently? Who has inspired and mentored you? Who has called forth from you more than you thought that you had to give? In what ways did someone grow you up and call you into your better self? Those are the kind of seeds that were scattered in your life by someone. I wonder who's doing that for you today? What seeds are you allowing to be scattered into your life today? And what is sprouting and growing in your soul today? What is flourishing and blossoming in your character? Maybe there is a growing compassion for those in need. Maybe a new compassion is taking root in you. So let me put it this way, or put it another way. What do you wish was growing in the garden of your life. When you look at it, what colors and fragrances are missing? What weeds have crept in, choking the good that once blossomed anew? What part of your character needs attention? How about this for a thought? What seeds are you scattering in the lives of those around you? Are they seeds of mercy and forgiveness, of grace and hope, of peace and joy? Are they seeds of kindness and patience and encouragement? What seed are you scattering? I know I've asked you more questions than I have given you answers, but remember what I said earlier. Jesus does not offer any answers in today's parable because the parables don't offer answers they simply offer us better questions. They give us, as I said, work to do. They sharpen our focus. They help us to cultivate a deeper, richer vision of life as God meant it to be. Friends, the kingdom of God has already been planted in you. God, whether you realize it or not, is always at work in your life, like a seed scattered upon the soil. So I would encourage you to take some time this week to prayerfully read this parable and to ask yourself, what is God in this parable showing me about my life? Ask yourself, what are the seeds that need watering in my life? What are the weeds that need pruning? What barren ground will God put in your way this coming week? People whose lives are the soil that is waiting to be seeded with your life's gifts and with the seed, if you like, of your presence. Maybe it will be the barren ground of poverty or loneliness or despair. How might you go about scattering seeds in those places and others like them? God bless you.
Friends, shall we come before God to pray for our nation, for our church, and for ourselves? Father, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the help that you desire to give to us and indeed have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It is in his name and with the confidence that he has given us, we come before you to pray as citizens of this nation, to ask that your favor and your blessing may be given to each and to all as we reemerge from COVID. God help us each and all to come forth from our homes without fear. Help us to come forth from our homes confident, but compassionate and considerately for those who are still fearful. We pray, Lord, that you will help us as a nation to recover, both physically, psychologically and spiritually, and especially for the sake of those who have suffered financially because of this plague that has visited us. God, will you help us as a nation to recover economically, particularly for the sake of the poor. We pray for your church, as it too faces the challenges of ministering in a post-COVID world, or what at least for now is post-COVID. We have learned much during the past months. We have learned much about ourselves and about each other. And we thank you. Thank you for the things that we have learned. We thank you for the kindnesses that we have received, for the blessings that we have known, for the kindness that we have beheld in the hearts of others, for the goodness that came forth from the hearts of other human beings in our communities. Thank you, God, for what we learned about our neighbors. And as church, we seek to serve you and them in the coming days and the coming months. God, will you give us the strength to do what needs to be done? Will you give us the vision to see what needs to be done? The wisdom to know how best to do what needs to be done, and above all, the willingness and the energy to do it for the glory of your name, for the good of all of those you put in our way, and for the name of Jesus Christ. We bring ourselves to you now. Each and every individual, as you know, has various needs and is facing different challenges. They will be facing challenges today and throughout this coming week and throughout this coming year. Challenges not only as individuals, but as families and as friends and as foes. We bring those needs to you now. Father, you know us, 
You see us, you hear us, you love us, you care for us. You desire our good. It is with the knowledge that you desire our good, that you do love us, that we commit these needs, these people and ourselves into your hands now. Gratefully, thankfully, hopefully, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now, my friends, the benediction comes from the book of Hebrews. This week, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, May he equip each and all of you with every good thing for doing his will. May he work in you that which is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. God bless you each and all.